How many have the, the legacy uh, pamphlet that we made for you guys today? We're going to go over this today. Uh, there's that phrase that the Lord gave us last week that a, a church that does not write their vision down is oftentimes a church that dies with their vision. And so I'm not saying that this is a, the final document, but I'm saying it's a living document about what God wants to do through our church and our ministry. All throughout Scripture is one of the biggest advice that I can give you. Uh, business owners, ministry, ministry leads, um, people that have dreams and goals and plans personally, uh, the greatest advice I can give you is begin to write them down no matter how outlandish they seem. And actually, the more outlandish they oftentimes are, the more God's in them. Uh, if you have small dreams, you can probably take credit for them. But the moment that you start having big dreams, you're going to have to to take your pointy finger and point to him and say, he's going to be have to be the originator and author and finisher of all of these dreams. And so I recognize at the front of this that some of these dreams are so outlandish. Um, but I say, praise God. Praise God for a, a, a church that's wanting to dream and impact a world and a region in revival to see, man, the greatest move of God that God can bring to this valley um, we're, we're thankful for it. So we're going to go over this really quick, but I just wanted to familiarize some of our newer folk that have been here. Maybe you just came this, this morning and you gave your heart to Jesus, or you've been coming here since my wife and I have been here uh, the last 20 months. I wanted you to familiarize uh, yourself with what the Lord's been doing here at Parkway over the last 20 months. Um, our mission statement, love God, love people, go all in together, is really a cry of our heart to say, if we love God properly, we're going to love our, our friends and our family and our world around us properly. Uh, if your vertical relationship with the Lord is good, the horizontal relationships that you have will be, will be met with, with uh, wonderful love. And so to love God and love people and to go all in together is the practical way that our church is going to move forward in the future. Uh, we have a five-year vision to impact our world. Uh, the Lord gave me this phrase as I was driving up here in a U-Haul. The goal has to be 1,000, 100, 10, and 1. And I want to stop here because our success in ministry is not defined by seats in a pew or money in the bank. When we say a thousand, what we're saying is uh, we want to be part of a growing, healthy, vibrant church community that wants to reach their world. Um, we're not after a number. We're after a heart that says, Lord, would you allow us to be a part of a growing, healthy church? If you want to be part of a growing, healthy church, could I get a Pentecostal wave in here? That's what I'm talking about. I want to be part of a, a growing, healthy church. And then the, the number hundred talks about our our hope to equip believers to actually find their place in the body of Christ. Um, it's not just a job for pastors to do the work of the ministry. In contrary, the hope is, is that as pastors, we equip the lay people. That's an old church term to talk about, church folk, the people that attend your church, um, because you, you have a part to play in the body of Christ. And then we have a heart for 10. The, 10, the number 10 represents this idea that we don't want to just be the Dead Sea where things come in, but they don't go out. And we have a heart to actually plant campuses uh, locally and globally uh, to literally raise up young people, young adults, to raise up adults, to raise up... Listen, there's not an age limit for God to use you. Um, if, you're at the, if you're at the retiring age and you want to go on an adventure and be sent out to go pastor somewhere, this church wants to partner with you to be able to have campuses all, all around the world. And so really it's a heart to say, Lord... There's nothing off limits. You will never be as free as a believer as when you pray a prayer like this. Lord, whatever, however, whenever. Did I go too fast for you? However, whatever, whenever. And that's really the heart of freedom that we have in Christ. That, that prayer led me to a town called Grants Pass that I never heard of. 
And man, am I glad I'm here. I'm glad I get to help lead a congregation into the fullness that God has for us. What a beautiful thing that is. And then the number one, the Lord began to speak to me about galvanizing the 99 for the one. We know that Jesus, or in that, in that parable of the shepherd leaving the 99 for the one, he went and left. But what would happen if the 99 said, hey, where's the one? And so this idea that we can, can win our world by just loving one person at a time, that is truly our hope and our goal. And so when we hear the phrase 1,000, 100, 10, and 1, it is an aim, it's a hope, it's a goal of being part of a, a growing, healthy, vibrant church that is willing to equip and train leaders, it's willing to send them out, and we're going to do that by loving one person at a time. And then we have some of the values that we've been stacking on each other. We, we started with we'll be a house of truth. We're committed to studying, understanding, preaching, and practicing the totality of the infallible word of God. We're not going to look to the word of God and say, I disagree with that. We're going to look and allow the word of God to disagree with us, and we're going to change. Oftentimes, it's easier to change what you believe and how you behave. We're not going to do that. We're going to look at the word of God as our final totality conviction that we're going to stand on because when you stand on God's word, it's a sure foundation. And so we're going to believe in God's, in God's worth, and we're going to be a house of truth. Pastor's going really fast today. I've got to slow down a little bit. We're going to be a house of healing. We believe in a God who has provided for our healing through the atonement of Jesus Christ. Uh, we, we are going to ask in faith, as I've, as I've told you the doctrine that I have with healing, it's uh, we, we are responsible to ask, and he's responsible to answer. And we know what his, his word says about healing. And we have already seen miracles take place over the last 20 months. But we've also said we're not going to chase miracles. We're going to chase him, and signs are going to follow them who believe. We're going to be a house of worship. We believe to be a dwelling place for his presence. We also believe that we're going to be a house of blessing. We're going to be, uh, uh, we are blessed to be a blessing through the giving of our time, talent, and resources in our local and global community and then we're going to add a value today. Look to your neighbor and say, we're going to add one of the most important values. We're going to become a house of prayer. We recognize the birthplace for all kingdom work starts with prayer. Prayer is God's strategy for impartations, revelation, and transformation. Christ commands in Mark eleven seventeen, 17, is it not written, my house shall be called a house of prayer for all of nations. Our prayer ministry led by Jason and Crystal, um, man, we have just seen wonderful momentum. I think we had 10 or 15 people in the back. If you want a taste of what heaven feels like, come at nine o'clock back in the prayer room. There's people interceding on your behalf. Um, those people won't calm down back there. So you just got to jump in the stream. It's a flowing river. And you probably, if you jump in, you'll just get swept down the current, but it's all good. Um, but man, do they cry out to God on your behalf and what a privilege and honor it is to be an intercessor, to pray for others, to lift up your eyes above what your own needs are and to ask the Lord to be able to touch the needs of those around you. And so if you want to be part of our prayer ministry, a good place to start is Sunday mornings, 9 o'clock. And we have a wonderful time. But we're going to be a house of prayer. What I want to say at the outset of this, we're going to have some people jumping up and off the stage as we, as we uh, have sort of like a formal family town hall. Um, I want you to know that this pastor's heart, um, this legacy fund, this legacy project is less about changing the aesthetics of a building and more about setting our posture for what God has for us in the future. I believe that God can move in a barn. He can move in a car. He can move, oftentimes he does it a lot of times in the shower as we're praying and getting ready for our day. God can move in a lot of different places. And, and if, you, if you misrepresent this today, you'll, you'll, you'll walk away thinking that this is about a, a building change. It's not. 
It's about a heart that says we are going to rebuild, restore, rebuild, and revive. We're going to restore, and the best way to restore vision is to honor your past by having a vision for the future. We're going to rebuild. We're going to rebuild its physical and organizational structures to match the dynamic church we are created to be. And our end goal is to see a community hit in revival. Parkway isn't the only great church in this community in this valley. There's a lot of great churches and great community in this valley, but we play a pivotal role as a spirit-filled church that I believe is called to, to become an outreach and prayer center where signs and wonders and miracles begin to take place. And so we're not ashamed of it. There might be people in your, in your life that might be ashamed of the Pentecostal or the spirit-filled. We're not. We believe that God has called us to play a unique role in the diverse body of Christ and uh, we're thankful that God has positioned us in this valley to be a place to where we are believing for the spiritual gifts found in Corinthians 12 and 14 in the book of Ephesians to be played out alive in front of us. I'm thankful that Robin Fuller said yesterday, Pastor, I've got a word. And that word is specific for somebody in that moment. I'm thankful not just for the Logos word of God, the written word of God. I'm thankful for the Rhema word of God that comes in season, that's based upon the Logos Word of God. The Rhema Word will never contradict the Logos Word, but I'm thankful for the Rhema Word that comes in in due season that touches people's hearts and lives. Are you thankful for that? If you're thankful for it, give the Lord a big round of applause. Thankful. And so just to talk to you just really quickly about, you know, really four or five areas that we're going to be focusing on in the next 10 years, I want to invite Chris, our communications director, to come up. And we're going to talk about innovation. Yeah, would you guys give Chris a big round of applause? We're so thankful for her wonderful gift and, and uh, the things that God has really led us to do. Um, but innovation is something that is so, so crucial and key. And how many know it takes some dollars to actually invest in innovation? And so we're going to talk about some of the practical ways when we say innovation and technology and the way that we distribute the Word of God, how that can happen. But we're still trying to catch up. Give us a couple things that we've started now that you can announce to the church. Yeah, the first slide I have up here that I want to talk about that we did this last year's was new website. And it wasn't just to make it pretty, but it was to come up to the day and age of what SEO, those are magic words where Google has magic fingers that search through things. It also allowed us to be more seeker friendly. But one of the really cool things that we were able to implement with our new website is our new podcast series. So who's here listened to our podcast online? Who's seen it on social media? So with our new website, we were able to get out to all four of these locations. And I can actually say, as of this morning, my developer um, sent me a message. We are actually on YouTube Music now. So you can find the podcast in all four of the locations. And if you haven't heard it, I have a clip. Do you mind if we play it? Let's do it. Welcome. You are listening to the Parkway Podcast. That's her. I have been deeply convicted uh, when we started talking about the God of restoration, about does the church actually believe in restoration anymore? And we say it very flippantly, like, of course, until the person that needs restoration comes to church and is messy. And we oftentimes have a lot of grace for strangers, but we have a little bit of grace for people that we've known that have fallen. Um, last time I checked, people don't come to church pre-won, pre-discipled, and pre-matured. It is a process. Hi, I'm Carissa, the communications director here at Parkway. This is our second podcast in our series recaps. Yeah, we a, have just completed our sermon series, Stories of, of Our Savior. So if you guys go on our podcast um, channel, 
Every month we're going to be doing a series recap. And this last one was three micro conversations about the God of healing, the God of hope, and the God of restoration. And how many know healing can be a tough subject in, 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 in a lot of believers' lives? And we begin to challenge you not to allow your experience to trump the Word of God and to be able to say, no, we're going to believe the Word of God no matter what our experience has been. And so these podcasts are basically table, tabletop conversations. This last podcast we have with John Anderson, uh, DJ Moore, Carissa, and myself. You act, you act like you don't remember. I'm trying to remember right now <laughs> off the fly. Yes, you were there too. I was there too. So um, it was just a wonderful conversation, even based upon DJ's story of, of loss and, and family and all that kind of thing. It was a beautiful uh, come around to a lot of the conversations that we have at the dinner table after church. Uh, we basically teach you in conversation how to question, how to challenge, how to be able to respectfully disagree. Because how many know, especially in this election season, we probably need to learn how to re respectfully disagree. Uh, these podcasts are the, uh, a live way to be able to do so. Yeah, it's really a great opportunity for us to continue conversations that we have the privilege in the office to hear a lot about, but to invite you into those conversations that just dig deeper than what we can here on Sunday. The other piece that we are looking at launching very soon to kind of catch up is our blogs. We want to take that same idea that we're doing in the podcast in written form. And what's really cool about that, if you don't mind, if I can just jump right into yep. the next one, the digital ministry, is that by putting out these blogs, we can then put more funds and more ideas behind searches that are happening online. So we can answer these popular questions. We had somebody back in December um, give us a printout that had all of these searches that were done here in our location. So these searches were done in Grants Pass. And over the course of a month, we had, I've got numbers here, 50 search results come up for churches near me. And I think it's on the next slide if you go to it. Here, I literally did this search in my office on our campus and said churches near me and Parkway doesn't come up. So there are things that we can do for just small dollar amounts to get us up. If you go back to the other slide. The other words that we were seeing is questions about depression. We had 40 results come up in one month. About divorce lawyers, we had 10 come up. Suicide, 10. Pornography, 14,000 came up in a month. Things to do near me, 140. So we could write blog posts. We could write content on YouTube and our podcasts and on blogs. And then for a short amount of dollar, when somebody searches for these, our articles will come up and provide light and hope in these dark places. And that's digital ministry. Yeah. So when we... When we start talking about innovation, I want to say, just trying to remember the numbers that we were presented in December, uh, 12 people a month in our county will actually type out in Google, how do I commit suicide? And for nominal dollars, we can actually do a targeted ad at their darkest moment and say there's hope. And so the Legacy Fund, I, I just want to be clear, is less about building aesthetics as more as about a commitment to innovation and in ministry. Um, our church in its past, as I've heard it, has been innovative. When you hear things like the Edge and the, the Edge Youth Ministry that was here, that was innovative in nature. Uh, we are on an entirely new frontier where a lot of people will actually check out your, your digital presence before they actually come physically. And, so, and then there's an opportunity for us to actually be on the, the cutting edge front line of offering real hope to, to real need, and really it's a commitment to funds. Yeah. What would you add to that? 
Um, the last thing I want to talk about with digital ministry is the media team. If you want to go to the very last slide in my little segment. So our media team and the communications team, I like to refer to as my ground zero. They come alongside and they help create an environment where we can enter into the presence of Jesus, right? But we also capture that information and we put it out into the world in all these different ways that we're talking about. But they're doing it with a lot of challenges. And I want to show you this media room. It's got these black drapes and padding on the wall that were important when they were installed but are no longer needed and just create a really dark and dreary environment that those guys are actually up there right now working with it. <laughs> the other thing I want to point out is there's a table. It's a raw MDF board that's just slabbed out there that was 16 years ago meant as a temporary fix to solve a problem that we still not fixed. And these all just take, and the chairs are broken, hopefully they haven't fallen over this morning, <laughs> but there are, there are just a lot needs practically up there within the media team that I would love to see and improve so that way we have the technology and the resources to get into this digital ministry that we're trying to. Inevitably when you start talking about temporary fixes and, and things I just want you to know it is not a knock for what you guys have given in the past or what you've sacrificed in the past. The enemy can live in those margins correct and we got to be careful. Um, I am thankful for, for every dollar that's been sown that has allowed us to to talk about the foundation, but really the best way to honor your sacrifice yesterday is to have vision and dreams for the future. And so I just want you to know this pastor is so appreciative of each and every one of you guys able to do that and uh, so thankful for it. And now that you've painted such a rosy picture on the media and comm team, you should ask for volunteers right now. Absolutely. <laughs> there is going to be a call at the end of the service and you can just write in media team or communications team and I'd love to have you. You had a, a personal thought as we've been praying as a staff about a scripture that you read about when they were getting ready to revamp um, the tabernacle. old yeah, the mm -hmm. tabernacle. I felt like it was a timely word that you need to share to our church. Yeah, in Exodus, there's a whole section where God is laying out all the, the things that he's going to be asking for skilled laborers to create a tabernacle. There's going to be the ark. There's going to be the veil. There's going to be the furniture, the altar, all these things that he's creating. And throughout scripture, it constantly says skilled workers and skilled workers. And I just was overwhelmed with the idea that those workers all the way back in the time of Exodus were called to create an environment for the presence of God and that we still do that today that it's not new like it feels new this idea yep. of digital ministry but it's not new they were doing it back then with their technology of the day and we're doing it now with the technology of our day beautiful one last thing you know when we talk about innovation I don't know about you but um, I don't believe that the Lord does things by accident and when Annie was up here talking about uh, funding that's not tied to government allows you to be able to say things that you couldn't normally say. One of the things that we are falling back with, back on in the church community is we've actually delegated all of the, the, the church's responsibilities to the government because they have the money. Uh, we, we say, well, what is the government doing about homelessness? What is the government doing about addiction? What is the government doing uh, about foster care? And I want to be very clear. I believe that the church shouldn't be following the government on those three areas. I believe that the government should be following the church. I believe that. I believe that. And so when we start talking about innovation and dreaming, I, I don't know about you, the first time I walked or drove in this property to see it for the first time and I saw those apartment complexes, I said, Lord, would you give them to us now? Because that could be temporary housing for, for homeless. That could be a, a safe place for addicts who genuinely, genuinely want to get off their drug and run towards Jesus. 
It could be a place for families to reunite. It could be a place for our internship, housing, for Bible college. Um, when I think about the mattress store, I think about a, a 24-7 coffee ho- ministry house outreach. Um, I'm not scared to dream. I'm not scared to say, Lord, what would you want us to do? Because gone are the days where the church has to take a back seat for tackling some of the greatest issues that are in our, that are in our life. And literally, literally, we have the answer. I don't know if you know that. Jesus is the answer. A president's not the answer. Politicians aren't the answer. Local leaders aren't. We pray for them. We, we, we recognize that they have authority in our life. And, and I'm not calling for civil war here this morning. Um, but what I am saying is that the church needs to become a leader in those areas. And what we're, what we're missing is we're missing a church that's willing to invest on the front lines of what God is doing. And so would you guys give Chris a big round of applause for innovation? Beautiful. Pastor St. John and I are just going to just quickly talk about some dreams that we have for physical structures. Um, you guys have in your, your pamphlet uh, really four phases and beyond of things that we've identified. One is the launch of the Legacy Fund. And what does the launch of the Legacy Fund look like? Man, the Bible says that um, with God, all things are possible. Right. On your pamphlet, as well as what you see on the screen, these are people who marched that mantra, mantra as they took ownership of the very land that we have been worshiping in this morning with great vision. Yep. But it didn't happen by accident. It didn't happen without organization and structure. And so one of the things that we are taking a look at is when you do these things, um, we need to make sure that we're able to pull it off. He's dreaming big. But we also all have to be very smart and say, is this a doable? Is this within our reach to do these projects? So it's broken down in your program there you have into four different uh, launch phases. One of the things is, Pastor Jason, you and I do not know how to lay a brick wall or how strong it should be or load-bearing. There are experts who do. And one of the things that we want to do is we want to partnership not just with an architectural firm, but partnership with a partner ministry who not only deals with the architectural, but the spiritual aspects as well, the capital campaign fundraising as well. These are things that we're looking at in phase number one. And we're going to start leading up to that and launching that on March 31st, Easter Sunday. It's our first of our Miracle Legacy offerings. Right now, we're challenging people, would you be praying, God, how much can I sow seed into for that offering on the 31st? I challenge parents, get your kids involved in this as well, because the whole household will benefit from the house of the Lord. Amen? Amen. And so we participate in that on March 31st, Pastor Jason. Practically speaking, phase one is, is really all about identifying um, a firm like Building God's Way or similar uh, to help us actually put vision down on paper. Uh, and that practical cost is going to be around $20,000 to be able to do so. That leads us into phase two. Uh, the hope of our prayer chapel and our lobby being one of the first things that we, we tackle. Because if we say prayer is a priority, uh, I'm thankful that we're going to put our, our actions and our money where our mouth is. And uh, there is nothing more than having a 24-7 prayer chapel open to the community. And there's some pictures that are going to be f- uh, flashing up here of, of a friend of mine's uh, church in Tennessee. And uh, this is just their prayer chapel. Uh, a place where, where people can come. I, I can see highlighters and journals and notepads and Bibles, a place where people can come pray throughout the week, a place where we can pray for our ministries. And we're going to take our whole volunteer center in the back and actually make that a, an active prayer chapel where you can have communion. It's a place where you can come and literally pray. And the hope is, is that we can staff prayer. How many think that prayer works? I believe that prayer works. 
And so prayer is, is, is going to be something. But to then raise the $75,000 to $100,000 that's going to take to launch our prayer chapel and then our lobby. Our lobby, we want, the reason why we want to do the lobby first is because on the right side of our lobby when we come in, it's going to be the, the, the vision of our church, the legacy fund and, and the dreams and the goals and the architectural renderings that we have, the ministry innovation that we want to do. And then on the left side is going to be the history of our church. Um, and we're going to honor those wonderful things. And here's some pictures of, of the aesthetics and the kind of function that we want to have. We believe that church should still be the hub of families' lives. And we see the lobby Friday, Saturday, and Sunday open from 4 to 10 uh, to where you can come with having free Wi-Fi, a coffee hangout place, doing Bible studies with life groups. Uh, we want to make our lobby uh, really a gathering place. And so phase two, uh, Pastor, what's the, what's the goal there? What's the hope there for money being raised? Think I so in phase two, uh, between two hundred and fifty to three hundred thousand dollars is what we estimate to do, or excuse me, seventy-five to one hundred thousand yep. for the lobby and the prayer chapel. And pastor, it is not lost on me that when you walk in, that this way is talking about our future, yeah. preschool, nursery. Yeah. This way is talking about our past traditions. <laughs> just, he said that I did not. I I just saw. I did not say the that. The writing is on the wall. You get mad at your pastor, all right? I'm, I am thankful that generationally speaking, um, I don't know if you guys caught the picture that we had in here of the, the Zalimbo family and the Brown family. I'm thankful that we have generations represented at our church where grandparents and kids and grandkids get to come and worship together. Uh, that's not lost by this pastor. And so it might be lost by him. All emails, info at stjohn.com. Uh, send them that direction and we'll be good. But we're thankful for what God is doing. And then really to actually address some of the issues that we have in the worship sanctuary. Uh, last, last week we talked about the white scarring that you see on the wall is really water coming through and seeping in and we need to seal it. We need to figure out how to seal it. Um, and then also having live sound with concrete walls um, is not really ideal. And uh, we got to figure out a solution, whether it be sheetrock and put sound walls up and, and these wonderful speakers that are, that are really awesome. We might need to try to configure a different way. Um, but we want to make sure that our worship experience doesn't hinder what God's doing, uh, but it actually advances what God's doing. And so like I said last Sunday, uh, when, the, when the building begins to hinder the ministry, the ministry needs to change the building. Such and, as our baptismal tank. Yeah, our baptismal tank. We, we can't even find parts we for it. We can't get parts for it. You, the baptismal tank is up there behind that screen. We can't use it. Every time I take someone on baptism Sunday and say, here's the changing rooms, this is where we used to do baptisms, yeah. but now we have the tank down here. We, we like being closer, but there are some things where the building is dictating it needs, it says, pay attention to me. Yeah. So there's just, you know, some deferred things that happen in the course of most things, but man, we're excited about getting ready to, to having a plan of attack when it comes to to really just you know, talking about how we can change our, our buildings and our, our structures to help. Uh, phase four and beyond, we literally could have just, the, the dreams are just, and the needs are just all the way down there. And, and they're not listed in or, order of priority. They're just listed as like, there's needs. Um, we haven't actually painted the inside of the whole center since it was built. Um, there are some things that we need. So we actually need some financial backing. And I'm thankful that we have a, a board group and an elder group and a staff group that we believe in committing things to prayer. Um, but would you give Pastor St. John a big round of applause for physical structures? Thank you, thank you. Do you have any, one more thing to add? Are you good? Pastor, I was, I was here when we remodeled the Ed Wing uh, 12 years ago. I was able to oversee the remodeling of the preschool wing, yeah. over remodeling of the office. Dreams are just getting bigger, and God is just getting started. That's right, amen, amen. Yeah, give Pastor a big round of applause. Thankful for that. 
Uh, the third area, we're getting ready to, to, to wind this thing down, but the third area is organizational structures. When I think about not just physical structures, you can have a nice building, but if you have a broken church, it doesn't really matter. And there are some things that we need to address in organizational structures. And um, I'm thankful that we have people that have already seen some of the gaps um, and have already stepped up. When I, when I think back to John Anderson and Jim Kent and the team coming and saying, Pastor, uh, there are a lot of people coming to Jesus and we don't really have a pipeline to disciple them. Uh, John and Jim, uh, Jim stepped up for the, what we call the yes team. We were really fancy. Do you know why we came up with the yes team? It's because when people say yes, they're the yes team. And so that's how we came up with that. But watching them personally disciple, we had almost over 100 people give their heart to Jesus last year and thankful that we have a team that's willing to, to help alongside of that. Uh, but there are so many other needs and one of those needs is really guest services and actually capturing volunteers. And so I want Nick and Jamie to come up. Nick and Jamie have, have said yes to helping us uh, really tackle one of the most important issues at a church is at our front door. We are having visitors come by the dozens almost every Sunday and to have a way to be able to capture them. But I want to Nick just talk in general about guest services and, and sort of the job and mission of that. Sure. Thanks, Pastor. Um, you'll have to bear with me. This is not my jam, standing <laughs> up here and talking. I usually hide in that thing over there. So um, if you guys can go to the first slide. Just kidding, I don't have any slides. <laughs> he got you. Made you sweat a little bit. I love but it. Give them a round of applause. They do a great job. That's right. I'm not cool. I don't have slides. <laughs> um, where we fall into this legacy campaign is uh, guest services. So what that kind of means is as people come onto our campus, step foot in our doors. Um, my hope is to kind of grab them and guide them um, the process of being a guest to getting plugged in um, and being part of our family. Yep. Um, just to reiterate what Pastor Jay said, the, the facilities and the aesthetics is not the why, it's the what. The why is loving you guys and loving the people that are out there, um, providing opportunities for um, a place for people outside to come in, for us to welcome them, serve them, and honor them. Um, and um, it allows us the space to do that and the means to be able to do that. Um, another part of what we're doing is Jamie and I are going to be um, heading up a Parkway 101 class. So that's kind of like the next step after um, our Bible 101 class, a newcomers class. Um, it's kind of the next progression in learning about how our church operates, getting um, you guys plugged in to either a life group or a parkway team. Um, we just don't want to leave you guys hanging. You know, we don't want to meet you and then a month later forget who you are and you fall to the wayside. We want you guys to be involved. We want to do life with you guys. Um, and this is a way that we're going to be able to yeah. do that. It's really a dirty little secret about church, isn't it, to where we have God doing so many incredible things um, and then we don't really have the infrastructure to be able to handle all the people, and it's the saddest thing. I think uh, last Easter we had 700 and something people show up to church. Two Sundays ago we had 500 and something. But if you watch our attendance, our attendance will go up, and then you see our structure start to not be able to handle it, and then we lose 100 or 200 or 250 people because we don't have the people in place to be able to care for the people that God wants to bring. And uh, it's really something that needs to be addressed. And I don't I don't say that as a bummer. I just say that as an opportunity to be able to know that God is trying to bring people to our church. And us as a church family needs to, just like we would do with our own homes, we would make sure that there was places for people. The table was set, and that's the hope. And so there's a place for people to get involved in helping you on the ground level. We, I think we invested like 
$500 or $750 in a temporary um, table that's going to be out there. We're not going to wait till we remodel to do this. We're going to start it now. Yeah, so let everyone know what you're doing uh, out there in the lobby, what they can expect to see. Yeah, so just to kind of uh, facilitate a new system for um, welcoming new people and making sure they get plugged in, we're going to be kind of rearranging the lobby, the foyer in the next month. You can see some, you'll see some changes out there. It'll look a little different. Hopefully it'll look um, a little more spruced up, and that will hopefully get us by until um, the big plan and vision is in place. Um, and then just one last thing that I wanted to say, uh, you, you're talking about your son, Jace, and how um, his experience going to New Hope, and I think that's a really beautiful picture of, uh, really as a body of Christ, of what, how we, it should look to people. Um, and it's, yep. it's the culture and the heart of what um, my hope is of stepping into this role is um, not just for our radical hospitality team um, and not just for the people that serve in ministries here, but for all of us to, um, to really to keep an eye out for the people that walk through our doors that we may not recognize. And maybe they've been coming here for a couple years and we just haven't introduced ourselves. Um, just being those people that are open to, to go and greet them and pull them in and, and love, just love on them. Um, so I think, I thought that was a really cool picture of, of what I'm hoping to, and that's not to say that we're not already doing that, but I think that um, it, it can be passed along more and more, and the more that we do that, the more it will grow, and it's really just, um, it's, I think it's just doing what God calls us to do, is to love him and to love people. Um, so that's my heart behind it, and I wanted to steal what you said, because I thought it was really cool. Thank you for that. I got one. I got a check mark for one today. The, the radical hospitality piece is something that is near and dear to my wife and I's heart. Corporate church has to go, and we are uh, one big family. There's healthy churches that are uh, big, and then there's big churches that are not healthy, and there are small churches that are healthy, and there are small churches that are not healthy. I don't care what size you are. Uh, there's always should be room at the table for one more. Uh, the church should never be closed off. I was reminded of uh, Jim and Retta Kent's story. I know I'm picking on them today. Uh, but Jim and Retta, they're right over here. When they came in, they, they told a very similar story that most of us have to do in the churches when they came here. They actually saw, they were like their, one of their first Sundays here, they actually saw a new person in front of them and no one was greeting them. And they just took it on themselves to say, well, no one's greeting us, so we're just going to greet them. And they almost were left to fend to themselves. And um, never let it be said ever again that when people walk or sit next to us as a church, that we're not willing to invite them for a cup of coffee or, or hang out with them and ask them a question. Uh, radical hospitality has to be our DNA. Would you guys give Nick and Jamie a big round of applause? Thank you. Thank you. Um, organizational structures like outreach. I want to invite DJ Moore up. Um, this is also to announce that uh, Rise 24 is coming back. We're going to do it again. Um, it's going to be Easter weekend, that's Saturday, uh, March 31st. So think about that weekend. We're going to go out and love our community on Saturday. And then March 31st, we're going to celebrate uh, the risen Savior. And then we're going to take a miracle offering for our future. How many think that's a good weekend? And so we're going to be doing that. So uh, last year we raised, I don't know, 30 or so thousand dollars in, in money to give to Rise 24. Um, this year we're going to just make a focus being on our legacy offering, and we've budgeted some money to be able to do it, so it might not be crazy as extravagant as an outgo this year, but we're still going to do it. We're still going to do the, the, what do we call it, the greatest Easter egg hunt ever. Um, we're still going to do that, and if we can get a helicopter again, Bear, that was pretty awesome. Um, I, lo I love sitting next to Bear, because Bear goes, Pastor, what do you need? And I said, well, if you have a helicopter, I, this is before I knew him, I go, if you have a helicopter, we'd love to have one, and he goes, done. 
And I was like, man, I should have asked for a million dollars or something, you know. But it was, it was cool to, to see him. Now, Ricky goes, we don't have that. <laughs> but it, it's just cool to have people that will come alongside and dream crazy dreams for you. And then watching him d- uh, dump out the Easter eggs and we, you know, just shredded most of them. But it was a cool visual. It was pretty awesome. And we learned some things for next time. Uh, but hopefully we can get the helicopter back. But Rise 24 is coming back. Uh, be on the lookout for signups. If you want to sponsor an hour like you did last year, um, we're just going to continue to love on our community. Uh, the youth are going to try to have, ready for this one, we're going to try to have like an edge-like event that Saturday night back on our campus. Um, and so we're really excited about that. Um, but DJ Moore, has a, uh, he's leading us up uh, really something that we used to have that's not been here, but we're coming back because it's just who you are, man. You're just, you're just a wave maker, you know? Yeah. Um, tell everyone what's, what's coming up in the whole center. So let me give. Can you hear me? Oh, oh there we go. There, there we go. go. I've made enemies apparently. <laughs> uh, no, let me give you a quick impersonation of me on the latest episode of our podcast. Pastor Jay talks for three minutes. I mean, just profound, incredible word from the Lord inspired. And then he goes, John, what do you have? And John, I mean, just another profound, incredible, inspired word. DJ, anything to add? And I go, I think you guys got it. Pretty much covered it. So I was honored to be a part. But that was my contribution. Um, hi, I'm DJ. Uh, Pastor Jay said in the back, make sure that you don't bloviate. So I'm doing my best not to bloviate. Calm Uh, down. (laughs) All right. No bloviating here. Uh, This started, I don't know, seven years ago. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, I'm very excited to start the Parkway Men's Basketball League. I think, you know, we're called to be fishers of men, and sports is like power bait, baby. I mean, it really can draw some people. And so my vision, our vision for it is just to be an outreach tool to bring people to Jesus. Uh, We want it to be fun. We want it to be competitive. It's a men's league. Uh, It starts March 7th. Chris and I, we're still getting some of the details hammered out. It's going to be on our website portal where you can sign up. And we want all you guys to be a part. Maybe you're thinking, basketball's not really my gig. Hey, show up anyway because we want... Guys from the church to mix with, uh, you know, the lost, lonely, bruised, and broken out there. We can bond through sports. We can build relationships, and we can bring some people to Jesus. We don't want it to just be uh, the men's league. It's going to be mixed, but we're going to eventually hopefully do a youth league. Who knows? Maybe we'll do a, uh, uh, what is it? Senior league. Senior league. Exactly. We'll do a, it's a generation. Senior league basketball. We're doing all of it, but I'm really excited. I think it's going to be. Very fun and a great opportunity. So if you have any questions, you want to be a part, come find me. I'll give you some more details. But I really believe that this is going to be a great tool to win some people to Jesus. And outreach. Chase and uh, Jaden and DJ have been uh, running weekend stuff. They've been having 20-plus guys show up for play basketball. And that's just word of mouth sending some texts out. Imagine once we market this thing, we're going to get some people to show up. And it's going to be awesome. I'm excited. So, Pastor Jay. Give it up for DJ for bloviating. Awesome stuff. All right, we're coming down the home stretch. If you guys will lock in with me, give me eight or so more minutes. Uh, one of the organizational structures that we've been uh, launching is even the new ways that we um, add board members to our deacon positions. And I wanted to uh, take this moment and talk about this in the middle of the legacy fund because it, it's all important. So I'm going to invite uh, Paul True. Paul True's going to come up. Where's he at? Give it up for Paul True. Give it up for Paul True. Let's go. And while he's... Uh, while he's coming up, I want to introduce the board search committee. So if I call your name, would you please stand up? Mark Swanberg, John Anderson, 
Gail Marsh, Justin Kuhn, Paul True, and myself are the uh, six members of the search committee, and Paul's going to give you guys an update and then a, a wonderful word of, of wisdom and encouragement. I want you to know in front of this church, thank you for being my friend. Thank you for uh, loving on this pastor, and, and uh, your timely words of encouragement for me have meant the world to me. And uh, now that we've been sappy, would you let the church know what's going on? Absolutely. Well, first of all, I love the idea of that uh, senior league. I would suggest that in phase one, we also uh, have some funds for defibrillators. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> if those are in place and an ambulance is standing by, I might consider joining. So uh, Gail, Justin, Mark, John, what a, just what a pleasure and pastor uh, to be invited to, to serve with you on uh, this deacon search team. Um, I'm so pleased that I got the word out right because uh, whenever I've been typing it, I, I type it decon. <laughs> and I, I haven't looked it up, but I have a vague recollection that that's like a rat a mouse Maybe. killer or something. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so deacon, uh, what a difference a, a letter makes. Uh, deacon is a, a term that in Greek is, is probably most appropriately translated servant. And, you know, Pastor Jay says, if you remember nothing else, remember that your pastor loves you. And yet, as we, as we grow and we become, Lord willing, potentially a church of a thousand, um, there, there have to be other, uh, you know, hands and feet that come alongside a pastor and help bring a vision to life. And deacons are a really, really important uh, part of that process. In Acts 6, we, you know, we see the disciples realizing that you know, we're called to this, and yet we also see this emerging as a dream and a need in the church. And yet our calling is to ministry, not to the food program, but we see the importance of that. And so they picked seven folks that served as kind of the first deacons that came alongside and empowered the disciples to focus on the ministry that God had called them to, and yet at the same time also allowed the ministry to expand and to serve their community. And so uh, in the same way as, as Parkway is um, expanding and we think of these legacy dreams, uh, deacons play this really vital role in that. And, and when I say the word deacon, uh, I want to also make it clear in, in the Bible, we clearly see deacons and deaconesses, so uh, Phoebe being an example of that. And so this is male and female, men and women with hearts for service behind the scenes to uh, do things in administration and just loving on people and enabling pastor and his staff to focus and the elders to focus on the, the calling to the spiritual side of ministry. So, you know, we have some wonderful folks that have already been recommended and we, we appreciate those recommendations so much. And normally on the 25th at the business meeting would be the time uh, that those were presented and you had an opportunity to affirm, affirm those folks. Um, but we just really have, have felt uh, there, there's a couple recommendations that will be there at the meeting, but we also feel like having a date and just trying to rush things to, to have it by that date is really not what the Holy Spirit is, is leading us, that we just kind of have, have really felt the word patience. And even though we have some wonderful recommendations, we were talking last week about how it just, in our hearts, we just have a sense that there may be others that um, yes. folks haven't thought of or, or recommended. And so just between here and uh, the business meeting, you know, if, if you have someone in the church that you respect, that you know has a heart for, for service, um, that maybe is just a quiet person that otherwise wouldn't be known, would you do us a favor and just, um, rather than just putting their name out there, would you maybe just connect with them personally 
and say, hey, is this like, I really respect you and your, your name is on my heart, but is this something that you consider or, or be, be willing? And if they give you even the faintest nod in that direction, uh, you can go online uh, and put their name in. You can certainly call the church and we'll make all the contact and, and take it from there. So just uh, thanks, thanks for your help in this, in this important process. And now he's opening up his binder. We're in trouble. I'm joking. I'm joking. How many people did we have nominated? Around 25? So far, I, think it's around, I think it's around 25. Um, and it's so, a beautiful thing. Uh, you know, a wonderful, a wonderful bench to draw from, but it isn't so much a number. It's, yep. it's just, you know, we want to make sure that in consideration is everyone that God has for this time and this place and the visions that are, that are unfolding. There's a great match there. Um, and it never hurts to acquire, you know, to names of, of good folks that are committed to the ministry for yep. other things that may come. Yep. Um, so um, I, I mentioned a pastor. I didn't realize that we were going to be drinking from a fire hose today. <laughs> so when you said eight minutes, my, my heart sank because while I tell pastor to cut to the chase, uh, I am not always a cut to the chase guy. But I just, I just ask him um, for just a, a couple minutes to share past just the introduction uh, and the importance of, of deacons, just something that uh, came to my heart from the, from the message last week. And so I want to do that. I'll be just as, as, as brief as possible. But, uh, but I just want to be transparent when I, uh, I'm a balcony person, so I sit up there because it's closer to heaven and the Holy Spirit comes down. <laughs> and... Uh, as an introvert, let's be honest, it, it's comfortable. So this is not necessarily a, a comfortable place, but it's a place that I want to be honest with you and just tell you when I heard the message last week and I heard about structures and organization and, and battleships, uh, honestly, my, my heart just kind of sank and I didn't have the best, the best attitude about that. And I think part of that is I'm, I'm, I'm coming into tax season and I and I work with regulation and bureaucracy and like really burdensome mm -hmm. things that probably should be completely done away with, but that's another subject. Um, and, and being at that place, when I heard about these things, it was like, oh no, not in church too. And, and it was when I, when, I, when I left that afternoon, it was almost like God gave me a brain dump and just said, um, you're thinking about this incorrectly. You're right, there are structures like a jail that are meant to confine people, that are meant to limit people, um, that are, are meant to restrict movement, but there's some different structures and you're, you're thinking about and interpreting what's been said as the wrong kind of structures. The kind of structures that I'm talking about are structures that, like a, a, a scaffold, something that enables people to ascend to new heights or a bridge which allows connection in place of separation. Um, yes. and, and finally later I realized that, that um, you know, we can, we, can think of, we can think of an altar as a structure, uh, a structure of remembrance, a place, a place to come to and remember what God's done in the past and to look forward to what it is that he's doing in the future. Um, and, and I also realized that, uh, and, and I don't know if you've ever had this where it's almost like a series of verses or passages from the Bible come come to mind, and it was like, I, it was like God said, structures also are not just the things you're thinking of in terms of physical buildings and equipment and these kinds of things, and that absolutely is true. But structures 
are also made up sometimes of, of, of people. And so I, 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 I had Exodus uh, uh, 17 come to mind. And here's this really kind of, I, I love it. I, I hesitate to say odd story, but, but to me it is. You, you have this battle taking place in, in the valley against the Amalekites. And Joshua down there in a, in a valley, perhaps much like our own, fighting that, that physical battle. And yet, uh, here's Moses positioned on a hill with Aaron and Hur. And um, as, he's, as he's holding his arms up, the battle is won. And the Bible doesn't tell us the significance of that, but certainly mm -hmm. as we think about raising our arms, a position of worship, a position of submission, uh, that was the place that physically in the valley below, the battle was being won. But Moses was a man and he got tired. And even though I'm sure he wanted to keep his arms raised and win the battle, I mean, imagine dropping your arms and you see people die and you raise your arms and, and, and your team's winning, your troops are, are, are victorious. You're gonna wanna keep your arms up as long as possible, but his arms are shaking and, and, and he can't keep them up. And that's where these men come alongside and they raise his arms so that the victory is able to be accomplished. And I think in, in some sense, even as we think about deacons, that's what they're doing. They're coming alongside, yes. they're allowing pastor to raise his arms and, and to fulfill that calling of God so that the physical battle in the valley can be won. Um, and then the, the other thing that came to mind was the, the chapter following, which is uh, where Moses is absolutely overwhelmed and Jethro, his son-in-law, comes and says, man, you got to put some, some structure into place. You're, you're dying here. You're trying to do a good thing, but you need, uh, you, know, you need a framework for people to fit into so that, they can, so that they can serve and so that you're not burning out. And by accepting advice uh, and establishing that structure, uh, Moses was free to have greater capacity. And the thing that I appreciate so much about uh, Pastor Jay, just in our interactions, that you're that you're willing to take constructive suggestions, weigh them carefully out, and, and, then, mm -hmm. and then be like, yeah, that's a good idea, or yeah, I might you know, need a bit of help here. And so I, I, just, I just think that structures in this case are something that are actually gonna allow people to flourish rather than be confining. And then of course in Acts 6, we see that same thing where uh, the apostles put structure into place for the sake of people and, and, and the growth of ministry. And so anyway, just, what my heart was was to share that if you're if you're thinking of structures in in the way that I was maybe in your profession you deal with a lot of paperwork like I do um, that you just realize that what we're we're talking about here is we're talking about structures that uh, aren't those that limit and confine people but that actually are structures that strengthen and and uplift people um, and then the final thing is you know when you when you hear about structures and battleships and organizations, you might think, you know, man, um, that's gonna be a wonderful thing. It's gonna be fun, fun to watch, but I, I'm too old, I'm too busy, I'm, I'm too tired. Um, let me assure you that's, that's not the case. I think about uh, in the news, you probably saw the, the Boeing 737 Alaska air debacle. Um, you know, this big, beautiful jet ended up with a, with a big hole uh, and, a, and a big problem and a big, a big stink. Um, and so here, here's the beautiful jet, the presumably experienced crew, and a well-established airline. And yet deep down in the, in the guts of this thing, 
uh, were four missing bolts. And because of those four missing bolts, all of these other things were at risk and, uh, and, yep. and came to light. And so when we have that, that phrase all in together, we're not just talking about the pretty superstructure or the, the gifted people that are at the front of things. We're talking about the nuts and bolts that are down in the, in the heart of things. And there's a, place, there's a place for each of you. You know, if you're young, you may not have uh, financial resources, but you have energy. Um, you have enthusiasm. Um, you can play sports without falling over. Um, the, the, uh, the other thing is maybe you're at a place in life where you have the willingness to serve, but your body just isn't quite in the same place that, 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 your, that your heart is. Or maybe you're online, you're joining us from a distance, or you have health issues, and you're thinking, you know, what, what could I do? I just encourage you, never underestimate the, the power of prayer. Samuel, at the end of his life, having, having served the king yes. and done all of these noble things, at the end of his life, it records in the New Testament that the thing that Samuel was remembered for were the prayers that he gave as an, as an older man. And so never underestimate the power of uh, prayer and also just, just a word of encouragement. I mean, you're getting people that are, that are apparently talking about taking away your 501c3 status for the, the 49ers, not that I know that person, but, uh, uh, you know, a, a word of encouragement that says, I believe in you, uh, and, and, yes. and just to, to lift the church up. You know, that comment about the 49ers was awesome, and I hope they win again. That's right. So the, the point is structures that serve a purpose, that empower people, are good things, and there's a place in them for you. Awesome. Thank you. Brooke, would you come? All right. Four more minutes of your time before you start heading out that direction. On the back, I want to ask you guys to put this on your refrigerator. Begin to pray about what God's going to ask you to do. There's two ways that you can get involved in the Legacy uh, Project. One is give on March 31st, and then two, join the Legacy team. There's actually a link where you guys can get up there. We're actually needing contractors. We're needing uh, design people. We're needing people that have some know-how to be able to jump on board and help. Uh, we're thankful that we're part of a wonderful church that's believing God for some really cool things. John Anderson, would you come up here? Mark Swanberg, would you come up here? Actually, while, that, while, that, while those two guys come, if you're part of our church board and you're, actually, uh, you're in the building and you can't come, would you join us on the platform? I know Steve Elam and some of the guys are in here, Chad and Keith. Our new uh, structure change, we actually had to elect a vice president and John Anderson got voluntold. So he's our vice president. Thankful for that. Mark Swanberg, six years of serving on this board. Uh, you're heading down to your, your last board meeting here. Don't know what the future is going to hold. But I want you to know, in front of this congregation, I love you and thank you for six years of service. And uh, would you guys give Mark a big round of applause? I wanted our, our board and, and John... Uh, However you want to close this out, the worship team can sing a song as everyone's leaving, but um, you've been here for a long time. You've seen vision, you've seen, uh, you've seen dreams that have, had have been fulfilled and dreams that have not been fulfilled. Um, I know that you and I share a, an excitement for what God's doing. Um, how would you encourage the people? What, what would you say in this moment after listening and taking all this in? I think I just
just like to start out by just feel, telling you that I feel like I'm speaking up from a place of obedience. Uh, what I have to share would be easier unsaid. But because of that, I know it's something I need to share. Uh, I have been a part of that. Back in the 1980s, we had a vision. A pastor kick brought a vision about a youth center. And in the four or six years he was here, he ended up beginning the process. And then that process didn't happen. And that pastor left and a new pastor came and there were a couple years that he was here then the vision was brought back i believe when god gives a vision god accomplishes that yes and the vision was reignited in the hall center as a result of that a youth center i will tell you frankly and pastor this is new to pastor too because when we first started talking about this when i came back on the board about the vision god had given him I struggled. I, all of those old feelings that I had in the beginning of that came back to me. And I began to struggle, just like some of you here this morning. You heard a lot. You heard a lot about the vision that Pastor has and what it is that God wants to do through us. So I struggled with that. It was a process over the last several months. I began to try to understand, well, what is vision and how does God give that? And I, the scripture that comes to mind, of course, is old men will dream dreams and young men will have vision. And we have a young pastor who's brought us a vision that's from God. And as you hear it, you may struggle with some of that. So what I would ask you is just be diligent. Do some due diligence. Try to examine what it says in the word about, God, about vision given from God. Do some due diligence. It wasn't until the last few weeks. And Pastor Tuesday asked me to get up here and speak, not knowing what I was going to say. Not that I'm special, not that he has faith in me, but he has faith in the spirit of God that lives in me. So I'm telling you, I'm sharing with you that I'm all in. I believe God has given our pastor a vision for the future for us. And it's going to involve a lot. It's going to seem overwhelming to some of you. Just give God time before we start talking about that or get negative about it. Give God time to speak to your heart. Give God the time to be able to do it in you what I found that he's done in me the last few weeks so I'm all in and I'm praying for you that God will take any kind of doubt any kind of concern and please if you have questions if you have concerns there's a several men on the board up here you know who we are talk with us and talk with pastor this is something I believe that God has ordained and it's for us I may not be here when this vision comes to pass I'm praying that I am but the truth is I may not but I'm still all into it because I believe God's got his hand on all of it. Yes. 21, 21 years as a staff pastor, and my uh, pastor, my father-in-law, is a dreamer. And every time he would dream, it would make me uncomfortable because I knew that I had to try to help put some wills to the vision and dream and how humbling it is to be on the other side of it uh, when literally the dream and vision of God that God's given you for a church family makes everyone around them uncomfortable. Um, but I'm, I, I just want you to know, it's for the benefit. Vision is for the benefit of a church. Without vision, people perish. And listen, if we all do it for one person that does not know Jesus, and they accept Christ, and the eternity becomes, heaven becomes their home in eternity, it is worth it. Mark, would you close us? And, uh, and pray us out after you're done. And um, we're gonna go watch the 49ers win today at the end, all right? So I just wanted to add this morning, um, like, like John and, and the rest of the board, um, and so many people who have made a commitment to the growth and what's happening here at Parkway, we're, we're all in. Um, I, I want to share very quickly um, that during the uh, 
pulpit search committee process, I think we had like 42 applicants. And I've told this story before to some of you, and, and especially um, uh, Jason knows this story. But I sat there watching with Robin, uh, video after video after video, and, and uh, when the, uh, Jason spoke, it wasn't that it was Jason speaking as much as it was the fact that the Holy Spirit says, this is, this is the guy. But more than that, what was impressed upon me was something I'll never forget. I've got goosebumps right now just thinking about it, which was the, the extent that the ministries out of Parkway that are going to happen. And we're seeing these things happen. Now, we have events coming up on the calendar and all kinds of different things. But these structural things and the different things that we're seeing, um, uh, they are... There, what what he showed me is happening, and it's and it's part of what was supposed to happen. In the last three weeks, back in the prayer room, I've been having an experience. And I don't see a lot of visions. I don't get a lot of supernatural experiences. But what happened? What's been happening to me is I keep seeing. Uh, it's like a portal or an opening that opens up, um, where uh, Eden is breaking through this portal. So it starts off small and then it expands out. And then this foliage just starts popping through and it's coming from the back and then it comes through and vines uh, uh, spread all over the, the top of the room and it, you can't keep up with it. It's moving at an incredible pace. And I think what God's saying is we're living in a time right now where the prayers that have ascended to heaven are that God has opened up a space during a specific time right now and I'm excited to be seeing this vision myself of what I'm seeing. But um, if you're not involved, man, you're going to miss out. There are some exciting things that are, that are, really, that are really happening and are part of that vision now. I, uh, I want to say this just really quickly here, and that is that in Ephesians, Paul says that um, he prays this prayer, and I, I pray this over you guys today that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glory of his Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope of which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance yes. in his holy people and his incomparable great power for us who believe. That power is endless for us. All we got to do is get on the train and the train's already moving. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for every person that's in this room. These, these are your chosen, called out people. There's an entire community out there who desperately needs you. In the same way that we are desperate for more of you, there's people who don't know you, Father. We are asking that your kingdom yes. come, that your will would be done. And everything that we do here, may it glorify you, but even more, may it equip your saints to go and do the work of reaching people in this community. May this be a place where your Holy Spirit is so rich and so thick that people come into this place and um, learn who you are and the salvation that you offer. And I pray this in Jesus' name, amen. This pastor loves you. You guys have a wonderful day with your families and friends. If you guys need prayer, I'll make myself available. Thank you guys for being here today. Oh.